The following is presented by the Center for Political Innovation, CPI, Building American Socialism for the 21st Century. To learn more, visit cpiusa.org. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm here in Austin, Texas. Uh, we just had an amazing conference with the Center for Political Innovation. I'm still in a little bit of shock. Uh, it's been such a wild weekend. So many great, amazing things have happened. I'm here. Uh, this is my friend, Ben Rubenstein, uh, Hello. who's sitting here. He'll be running, by the way. If you have a super chat, he'll be the one to put it on the screen. Um, and he'll be the one to, to, um, you know, to, uh, to let you know about it. He's running the stream. A lot of people are going to join us. We're summarizing the amazing conference that just happened. So to summarize, uh, the Center for Political Innovation, we had uh, a big, it was really the first public conference we had. We had, you know, some small private events before. We had the one in, in Pennsylvania. We had one in California. This is our first public conference that we had this weekend. Uh, of course, in a lot of ways focused on Russia and the demonization of Russia and the need to be anti-imperialist right now in the center of the empire. Great speeches, uh, you know, uh, Peter Coffin and Miss Astronaut Cowboy Doctor were there. Uh, Jackson Hinkle was there. Uh, Haas of Infrared was there. Um, it was it was absolutely amazing. Daniel Burke, a uh, good friend from the Schiller Institute, was there. Um, I mean, great. John Brown volunteers, Lily Keaton. I mean, uh, David Cedillo of San Angelo Solidarity. So many great speeches. The video, uh, the the photograph of of the opening ceremonies where we unfurled the Donetsk People's Republic flag and the Z to support Russia's anti-Nazi denazification operation in Ukraine uh, has already gone viral at this point. It's been retweeted over 992 times last time I checked. High quality video is on its way of this amazing conference we did. It was huge and security was tight. We had a lot of threats and it was just it was just amazing. I mean, I'm just I'm just in utter shock. And so today we're streaming. Uh, I hope you like our background, the step and repeat from the conference, as well as the Donetsk People's Republic flag in solidarity with our comrades uh, in Donetsk and Lugansk. Um, and we're going to bring on various people who are part of the conference to react to it. Um, so um, I think first first things first, uh, we're going to bring on remotely. Uh, they just got home, Miss Astronaut Cowboy and Peter Coffin. So welcome. Hey, hey you guys how are doing? you? Hello. Good. How are you? I'm great. I am. I, I'm kind of having, you know, the drop after the, the you know, the, the, the rally yeah. is going on. Yeah, we know. We know exactly what that is like right now. <laughs> it was an intense weekend, wasn't it? It was. It was so great, funny. though. OK, well, give us your impressions. Uh, you know, what, what did you think? Hey, you go. Sure. Yeah, I I am incredibly just humbled to, to have been part of such an amazing experience um just being able to um experience that number of people knowing that we're you know we're committed to something in a serious way like keaton said everybody there is very serious about what we're trying to do mm -hmm. with communism and it was just very heartening to see that um and to be able to contribute to that um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I very much agree with that point. I, for me, like I see on Twitter a lot of the time people who are just crappy and don't care about what's real and right and all of that. And they'll, they'll just try to like we even talked about it in our presentation. They try to make you look bad for saying what's real. And um, as it turns out, they don't really have any polar control in the real world. You can show up around real people and 
and talk and, and people have discussions. Like not everybody agreed on everything that was said uh, during the course of, of, of that, but we certainly not had even a, me and Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a great time. We had a really good time uh, and everybody is focused on uh, where we might have little out, outlier issues where we don't necessarily agree we're all focused on what's important and that's resisting imperialism yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i just want to also mention that uh not only are we streaming on my personal channel right now we're also streaming on the youtube channel for main trend news um so main trend news is the news outlet that uh you know that we're hoping to launch with the center for political innovation right now it's just a kind of a twitter account and a youtube channel but this is also being live streamed there um and we have the step and repeat from the conference so if you want to watch this on main trend news you can it's retweeted on on my account uh, as well uh so check that out uh but yeah we're here and um so i i guess you know, what I thought was pretty amazing was that there were so many people who came from so many different parts of the country because the, this yes. this message was so unique, you know, and that you really get mm -hmm. strength from being in the same room as people who agree with you. I mean, Absolutely. we're facing this barrage of media disinformation right now, uh, trying to hype us up and think that, I, uh, you know, that, that Ukraine mm -hmm. is the new George Floyd, except it's a country, <laughs> as you guys have talked about, and, you know, and you guys gave a great. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say hashtag Ukraine is George Floyd. I can't I can't believe that somebody actually seriously typed that out and thought this would be good to put out into the world. Yeah, there there are multiple phases in neuro processing and all of them had to pass through each <laughs> yeah, exactly. stage to send that into the public sphere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it was just so great. I mean, there were so many people who are part of this community who watch these streams, watch these videos who I got to meet in person and people would walk up to me and like, hey, I'm so and so. And hey, I'm so and so. And that was just so great. And I remember one of the best moments was when somebody shouted out one of the inside jokes from your stream. Right. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> the first two phases of communism or something like that. What was that? Yeah. That yeah. And then I, we're like, it's a dirty joke. <laughs> and then it, they kept asking us to do it. So obviously ACD did it. Does everybody in. want to, does everyone listening want to know the two phases of communism? Oh, don't, don't yeah. make me say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was great. You know. Yeah, we're not alone. I mean, we really are not alone. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of people that don't buy this idea that Ukraine is just this helpless victim and Russia is just this evil aggressor. I mean, there's a lot of people who do know that U.S. imperialism is the aggressor here. Ukraine is not independent. Ukraine's independence went away in 2014. Um, and you guys gave a great, you know, presentation about the cancel culture and kind of the role that it plays. Mm -hmm. Do you want to kind of summarize what you all talked about at the conference? Yeah, we kind of we talked about how cancel culture is sort of a market based dynamic implementing itself in social spaces it kind of works as it, it's similar to subscription dynamics in a way like you can subscribe to somebody you can unsubscribe to them except for in the case of of this people unsubscribe and it it acts as a kind of social death um the way that we related this to imperialism was first acd did a fantastic uh summary of both what imperialism is and what uh dialectical materialism is and then um, we related that to how the narratives around Ukraine are sort of being seeded by state and capital, capital media, and then a chain of influencers and how that creates an incentive 
to sort of attack and end people in the public sphere who resist that. Yeah. And we also learned that Harvey Weinstein is Yeah, we listened to that back and I was like, I hope that landed. <laughs> yeah, because we we um we were like really insecure about it. Yeah. When, we, when done, we got done, we were like, oh wow, this was not good. <laughs> no, yeah, no, and it, then, was, it was great. It was very well received. You guys are really, really loved you. among among our audience and such. So I thought it was tremendous. Really and now yeah, what we re-listened to it and we're like, okay. We re-listened to that. We, yeah, we were like, okay, not only did we not sound bad, but also people are laughing at us. So that's good. Well, the other thing is, I mean, you'll get another opportunity because we're taking the show on the road. I mean, we're Absolutely. aiming to do this in Chicago. Details coming soon, mid-May, mm -hmm. right? Now details are not yet confirmed. Yeah. But yeah. We're really yeah. excited for the prospect and of that. This is, uh, I mean, this is something that, that needs to keep going because, I mean, Absolutely. This is, the energy in that room was just dynamic. I mean, all the, especially in the, the closing, all the standing ovations in that mm -hmm. second panel, mm -hmm. all the, all the power in the speeches. And I mean, it was really something. And, you know, what surprised you the most about the conference? Let me ask you that. Mm -hmm. you I have I, the impromptu speech by um, Muhammad. I don't remember his last mm -hmm. name, but that yes. speech was so powerful. That was, it was a. It, it, he just came out of nowhere. I, 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 it, he wasn't on the program. And um, uh, what exactly, where did he come from? Because like, that was such an amazing speech. Well, Muhammad, uh, he's local. He's here in Texas. And he reached right. out to uh, one of our members. He wanted to interview him for his YouTube channel. And uh, he's a fan of some of my work that I've done in relation to Iran and anti-imperialism ah. and such. And so he reached out to us locally, very young guy. I mean, how, how old is, is Muhammad, would you say? Um, Keaton's in the background. How old was he, is Muhammad? I asked him and he said he can't tell me. He, so. he can't tell us how old he is. So there you go. A young, definitely a young man, you know. Um, and He uh, was incredible, though. He did such a good job relating um, uh, his, his uh, perspective in terms of uh, anti-imperialism, relating it. To, the other thing is, like I said earlier, there was a lot of different perspectives at this event and and mm -hmm. his was one of the ones that i appreciated probably the most it's so good to hear from people uh instead of the sort of liberal mode where it's i was this, gonna say the robin d'angelo yeah mode. the robin d'angelo like liberal like oh these people are they're so different from us they 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 have to relate their experience and you can't it's it's hands off it's just it, it was completely the opposite of that it's wonderful to hear about anti-imperialism or wonderful to it's not wonderful i mean ideally we would love to not hear about imperialism at Peter all Coffin loves imperialism <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll clip that but, we'll be sure to clip that yeah clipped and shipped yeah oh, shit. But, but um uh but i just i thought it was great to hear it because uh, you know the perspective he came from was so radically different from my own but at the same time there's so much similarity right. and overlap exactly. in what we think and how we see this and I, I just really appreciated that. Yes. I, similarly. Oh, go ahead, Caleb. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead, please. Continue. Oh, I, I was just going to say the most surprising. I, I don't know if I if surprising is the right word, but one of my favorite parts of the conference was um, when you were talking about Keaton and Lily and just mm. being like talking about political diversity and just being completely in terms of aesthetics and political aesthetics being so 
opposite from one another, but coming together and this anti-imperialist agenda and, and doing community-based work to enact that agenda together. Like that just amazed me. And, and both of them as well. They're uh, both wonderful people. Being we love just both out of, of high so school. Is that right? They just graduated high school. Yeah, they both just graduated uh, in the spring and immediately. I was wow. floored. Oh my God. They are so bright. Yeah. I caught, yeah. we couldn't really, believe yeah. We were just so excited to hear from everything they had to say. That's yeah, that amazing. was, that was a really powerful moment, you know, in, the, in mm. my closing remarks to kind of make, uh, make the point that, that we are, we allow political diversity in our group. I, I said, you know, we have a young, Jewish trans woman from the suburbs of uh, Atlanta, and we have a young uh, farm boy who's a conservative Roman Catholic from Illinois, and they're both mm -hmm. in the same organization, and these are two people that probably wouldn't even speak to each other if it wasn't for the same group. Different walks of life, different perspectives, but they're centered and around dedicated to our, our program for rescuing the country and breaking out of imperialism. And I said that, um, and the two of them stood up, and then they actually hugged each other. And so afterwards, yeah. I, I took them aside. I said, you guys planned that, right? And they're like, no, no, that was totally spontaneous. That was totally spontaneous. <laughs> oh. I'm like, oh, my gosh. that's That was – it was really a sweet moment. And we're going to hear from both of them, by the way. They're both going to be coming. Wonderful. Like, we, yeah. we're excited to hear anything they have. Like, And also, yeah. you know, we ended up having uh, – it was lunch, right, with Lily? Um, and and Caleb, Caleb, you were present. But we ended up yeah. – and, and Keaton was there was some time that we got to spend with Keaton, but they're such bright people. And and, and it was just great being around. That. I, I was it was great being around everyone because really everybody had so much to say. Um, the presentation on uh, Nicaragua and the, the sort of yes. updates on what's going on there. It's just it's wonderful to hear like people always ask the question. Um, what is socialism going to look like? And it's mm -hmm. not that an answer is given that's like, this is, I mean, X, Y, and Z are going to happen 100%. What you get in, in that presentation, what we got in that presentation was sort of an explanation of the process that's going on there. And that, in my opinion, more people need to be exposed to that because it's just, it's such a, a, a hopeful thing. You have yeah. what's actually going on. It's not, like the utopian sort of putting forward of this specific uh, agenda that has to happen for it to be perfect socialism, that's, that sets us up for failure. But knowing that it can actually um, be enacted and, and, and be going as a process, uh, it, it's wonderful. It's just so uh, like positive to hear about. The most yeah. surprising thing I heard was about the 24-7 free daycare. <laughs> We're, we're about to pack yeah, up and, we're, and move. We're to like Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Here we come. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, it was really great to have you guys at the conference. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was really, really amazing. And we're, I mean, that opening ceremony. What did you think of the opening ceremony? It was that's amazing. it was incredible. We saw that it actually got posted by which which of the two republics news. There, there was like a D. Uh, a DPR news network that tweeted Madonna, about it. It's or People's something. Republic. Yeah, well, it's they already gone viral. They actually tweeted a photo of it in a, a as a new or not tweeted. It was on their Facebook page, but Let it was a news story. It. There it is. Um, the Donetsk DNR news of Donbas. I'm not gonna. Novorossiya. 
Is that how you pronounce it? Something but yeah, like they that. they posted a a picture on I I think it looks like their like Facebook page. Oh wow. That's yeah, great. it's got a lot of uh, it's got twenty seven thousand views, uh, nine hundred and twenty nine likes. I mean, they're they're floored about it there. Yeah, well, and wait till the video comes out because we we have very yeah. high quality video that'll be out soon. It takes some time for these things to be edited and processed and such, but the video will be out soon, and I think that's going to mean a lot to the people of, of Donbass and Lugansk that, that there's people in Austin, Texas, uh, supporting a whole auditorium of people applauding and cheering for their flag and. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to thank you all for coming on, um, and thank oh, you for being at this amazing conference. And uh, and uh, we're going to continue summing up with uh, with other guests, other people who are around. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, your 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 presentation was dynamic, and I, I think one thing about you guys, which is really sweet, is that you guys you're not playing a character in your podcast. You guys are <laughs> no, really, <laughs> no, we are not. We had another. You guys person are really just foot. sweet like genuine people, you know what I mean? And your your parents and your 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 you know, your you're a couple and you are just really wholesome, decent, caring people who are anti-imperialists and Marxists. And it's really, really refreshing to, to be able to meet you and to be able to, you know, give a platform to other people like yourself. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming to the conference. Thank you. Thank you for having very us. much appreciate that. It, it's it's such a source of optimism and hope like this type of a thing. And we appreciate absolutely. that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we need more than anything is hope. And that's, yeah. So that's some of the feedback we got from the audience was all about how important the hope is that, that we mm -hmm. are an optimistic, we're not a doomer group. Now there, there was, I guess I'll just mention this before you go. There was uh, somebody who attended the conference who calls themselves a purple maggot, I believe is what they call oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they made a video. They were just incensed about it. So I think, I, uh, unfortunately, you know, Ben, you're going to have to download it from Twitter if you can find it. But uh, but we're going to react to that later in the stream because. Uh, oh, nice. We tried to get them to come on to our podcast so that they yeah. could address their concerns with us and they wouldn't do it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't they don't want to. They don't want to be able to be told that, no, we don't think that that thing that you've yeah. ascribed to us. We don't think that. They don't want to actually face that, in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, their their little meltdown was was just just adorable. So we are definitely somebody was, definitely somebody was comparing it to the um, the. There's a fascist the, in the White House. <laughs> do you remember that video, like from the the campaign where there was that that person in the car who's wearing like circle glasses? Yeah, circle glasses. Like, there's sure. a fascist in the White House. We have to vote out the fascist. Right. Right. Champ. Yeah. yeah, champ. It was the one that got to the like champ. <laughs> uh, it reminded uh, somebody of that and i i have to agree with that person i don't remember who it was yeah yeah well i'm sure that's just the first of many reactions that are coming so there you go <laughs> well, well one of the well, things but before i i leave i want to sure. say that i've noticed on social media is like these sort of meltdowns and people making ne negative comments about the conference sometimes like when i see that i at least see like some kind of it's not like a good argument but they at least have like some piece of content that they're antagonizing <laughs> whereas with this conference like they don't even have anything that they're arguing with because they they haven't seen it yet yeah <laughs> it wasn't yeah. streamed i mean the 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 video will of course go up later but people are just like look at these clowns and it's just like somebody standing at a podium yeah <laughs> How dare they stand at a podium? So I, I yeah. think 
all this to say is I, I think that like there are cracks showing in the synthetic left. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, all my best. Uh, people can check you out at uh, PACD podcast. And, uh, you know, um, I, I want to thank you all again and uh, wish you the best. Best to the children as well. And uh, have a good Sunday evening. Sound good? You as well. So thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. And now uh, Lily is actually going to join us right now. Hey, Lily, how are you doing? Hey, Caleb. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Oh, have, have a seat. You know, see here. Yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure everyone can see my T-shirt. Got this in Nicaragua. Uh, oh, very good. Very, very good. All the fa- all the familiar faces. Very, very good. Yeah. Well, this is our our microphone. Oh, so, wow. Fancy. So give us, you know, give us your reaction to the conference. What did you make of it? I thought it was great to have so many, you know, genuine anti-imperialist voices in there. Um, I mean, I think, you know, with all the security threats and all the people really didn't want us to have that conference. But I think we can confidently say now the Red Guards of Austin have been defeated and Austin is CPI territory now. Uh, yeah. Now, now, for those who don't know, uh, the Red Guards of Austin are a local <laughs> group of of ultra-left uh, fanatics, right? They're an, a, a local group of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Just, uh, you know, people that, uh, you know, they disrupt other people's events and cause lots of problems. Not a not a fun group of people. Very productive. Um, you know, they disrupted, we witnessed them here in Austin disrupting the AOC event, right? Um, and they have, uh, they've, they've attacked events of the PSL and events of other things. And in the lead up to our event, there was just all this buzz. They were going to disrupt our Right. Oh, you know, you know, if we threw smoke bombs at pregnant women, imagine what we're going to do to CPI. They said stuff like that. Yeah, right. right. They were going to they were going to shut us down. They were going to, you know, uh, they were going to you know, destroy us. We were we were doomed. Uh, it was that was, you know, the end is near, et cetera. And um, and uh, anyhow, we had heavy security at this conference. It was absolutely necessary. Uh, we had heavy security and there were some sketch figures who showed up. Right. Now, we don't know for sure they were the Red Guards, but there were some sketch figures hanging out in the lobby, and then there were some sketch figures who showed up. But we had a pretty good uh, pretty good eye for this kind of yeah. thing. Everyone went through a metal detector, et cetera, and uh, nothing happened. We, yeah. went, we had a conference with no disruptions. Yeah, there some was, people were very, at the beginning, we got them out, but it was like, when I'm, you know, just talking to people before the conference starts, I'm like, oh, hey, you know, how'd you learn about the conference, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they're, I'm like, what do you, what do you guys' names? Um, and they're like, they just mumble something. I'm like, what? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. They mumble like the same thing, but like slightly louder. I'm like, okay, how'd you hear about the conference? Uh, friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we just, we got the sense that these people were, were no good. And, and we will, we will, you know, we will continue to make sure that, uh, that we don't have disruptions at our events. Right. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, I, I made clear in my remarks, I said, you know, uh, you fight your way, we fight ours, you know, and that, uh, you know, if you don't agree with us, that's fine. You don't have to come to our events. But it's really a shame that people feel like disrupting other people's events is, is something to do. Uh, but we made sure it didn't happen. But anyway, what else is what else, other reactions did you have, Lily, to the, to the conference? Um, you know, it was it was like energizing. I don't know the energy in the room. You could just feel it. And it like it bounced everyone bouncing off of each other. It was great. Um, you know, I gave a talk on Alex Saab and, you know, struggle for his freedom and how the United States is treating him. And I kind of uh, connected it broader to the neoliberal empire and how it's actually the enemy of not only the people of Venezuela and the people of the world, but of also the American people, of course, because we're part of the world. And it's, uh, you know, it's driving our living standards down. It's 
hurting our communities. It's destroying our infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, now, let me ask Ben, uh, how's that that video? Are we going to be able to react to it on the stream, or are you still figuring I'm that out? I'm still figuring that out. Okay, very good. Yep. Very good. Well, when that's ready. Oh, oh, okay. We'll just put it on there on the stream. Um, all right, Christian, a good supporter of our community, uh, says, sorry, you couldn't make it. Looking forward to videos and hopefully you can make it to the next one. Well, we absolutely plan to do this in many, many other cities. So very, very good. And uh, if folks have a question, I'm sure Ben will, will jot it down for us. So it was great to meet you all yesterday. Oh, so Chase Fillingham was there. So now I have to figure out in my mind which of the people I met yesterday was yeah. Chase Fillingham. Especially on Twitter when people like have like the kind of aliases. I'm like, okay, so who was Mr. Stalinism? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of cool people there. I'm not. But what other other impressions? What surprised you the most about the conference? Surprised me the most. Um, honestly, that that there were no disruptions. I honestly, I really expected we were going to get disrupted, but you know, we had security um, and we came prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Copy. And yeah. And then. Yep. Yep. All right. Cool. Very good. Now, is this the first time we've done a stream like this, folks? So and I've also never used them. Yeah. Oh, all right. So using very yeah. sophisticated Twitter technology. Yeah. Very sophisticated Twitter technology. We really just want to react to, um, you know, to this, this, this mm -hmm. lovely clip by uh, Purple Maggot. Uh, uh, you know, who reacted to you for that? Yeah, well, I'm hoping that, yeah, while you're still on here, we can. Of course, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, we can. Well, I mean, yeah. while we're on that, speak on the topic of Twitter, yeah. uh, there's someone uh, someone in the bread tube sphere called Sophie from Mars, and, uh, you know, they are slandering CPI. They're calling us conspiracy leftists. They're really one of those people that's big into, oh, Russian disinformation, all that other bullshit. Um, so, you know, I've challenged her to do a debate. And she has refused to acknowledge me. So if you can go ahead and spam, I mean, no, not spam. That's against Twitter policy, I think. Uh, but if you could kindly suggest to Sophie from Mars that she debate me. Uh, oh, oh, we have the video. Oh, we have the video. We have oh, the video. So I'm going to remove it from the stream. But when we're ready, uh, so we want to give proper concept, context to Purple Maggot's meltdown. All right. So Purple Maggot. Uh, as we're going to call them, we don't know their name, um, was sitting in the back row. Uh, they were one of the people that we thought were kind of sketchy, might be a red guard, but they weren't trying anything, so we just kind of left them in. Yeah, if they had disrupted, we would have just booted their ass out of there, but, no, they, but they didn't. They didn't. Know, they they didn't. Just, just sat there politely. So, uh, And then, you know, they have a video afterwards when they had some interesting remarks. I think they might be a Vosh fan for one reason. Uh, they're wearing a T-shirt that I've seen Vosh wear before. Okay, so should we trigger warning the audience before this video? Trigger if, warning. If um, you were offended by crazy people screaming, you probably shouldn't listen. You should probably put your microphone on mute because you're about to hear a lot of cringe, crazy screaming. But this is the reaction of a crazy rad lib to our amazing conference. You ready for this? I'm ready. Roll it. Minder, they're not leftists. <laughs> Fuck! Why do we have to talk about this? It's so fucking obvious. They don't like the shit that leftists in America do. They think that Putin is justified. They think that it's fucking awesome what he's doing in Ukraine when they're not denying what he's doing in Ukraine. They aren't leftists. They don't care about you. They care about pretty pictures. The fucking bust that was there was from a Communist Party USA event where Stalin and Lenin's portraits lined to the stage. <laughs> it was a Soviet flag, an American flag. 
best on the stage they held hands as the <laughs> communist international plane followed by the national anthem on stage holding those flags they're nationalists holy <laughs> all right so okay, all right let's break that down for us oh keaton's got a quick, quick I, message Caleb, i figured you might need that for your eyes oh oh what is this cleaning, cleaning, cleaning vinegar for my eyes say steak free Oh, streak free. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Keaton will be on later, by the way. So we're going to have yeah. Keaton on. But so let's react to that. Really. What was what did we just see there? Well, all right. Um, there were a lot of really concise, um, intelligent, cohesive arguments. <laughs> um, that was extremely unhinged. Um, so I don't get how we're singing the international, right? The international, which means, you know, friendship between nations. And then we have the American national anthem. So we're nationalists, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't In my know. remarks, I specifically said the United States is not a nation. Yeah. Right? It doesn't fit the definition of a nation. I actually said that in my remarks. Maybe but, they, you know, they forgot, they, they forgot that part. Yeah. yeah part. So um, it's also like, I'm sorry. Are they crazy? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there you go. I actually, it really put a smile on my face that we offended someone like that. That's exactly what we don't want socialism in the United States to be associated with is uh -huh. that. And that a lot of average Americans, when they think of socialism, they think of that. And that's what we don't want to be. Well, they so said, is it what they don't like the shit leftists do. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's whole, whole that video world. is a great example of what, <laughs> what we don't like that. That's a great example. Yeah. It's also like, I, I don't know. You're going to like a kind of professional conference. I'm not saying you have to dress up super nice, but why try to look like as insane as Possible? I mean, am I might being too mean with that one. Well, sure. The other thing is the person calls themselves purple maggot, right? And it's like maggot is an insult, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's kind of like you, you get that. That's a big thing with a lot of these synthetic left types. It's like self-hatred is a big part of it. The person's calling themselves a maggot. It's like, I'm an idiot or like all this, like, it's kind of like thought slime. You talk yeah. about. It's like gross, disgusting. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's this pessimistic contempt, uh, self, uh, self degrading, you know, I hate my life. I hate the world. Everything sucks. Blah. You know, that, that's the tone you get from a lot of leftist events, a lot of leftist discourse. And that's just not what we're trying to put out at the center for political innovation. And a lot of stuff, um, you know, people responding, like me, I'm like, okay, did you just say that? Like, does that have like, you know, I feel like maybe that's not the CPI. Maybe you're just, it's like they're wallowing in their kind of, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to laugh at that. It's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Well, I think, you know, a lot of leftists have sort of, uh, a lot of leftists have a sort of an obsession with losing mm -hmm. after decades of um, being co-opted by government agencies and things of that nature. And I think that that reflects in the psychology behind a lot of the ultra leftism that we, that we're seeing, and especially with the, this purple maggot individual. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I've said a lot of times, I feel like it's kind of, Leftism is kind of like a permanent counterculture. You know, the counterculture of the 60s and 70s. Well, leftism, they kind of got into that mindset where we're always going to be like this little like one to five percent of the population who the other people, they don't get it. And and we're, we're so enlightened and all, all that. And I mean, that's not how you win. Mm -hmm. You want to be permanent counterculture. I mean, go just go to punk concerts all the, I mean you could do that but right we're serious and that's what I I was really trying to hit home in my remarks was that you know we are actually serious about this we do want to win we are serious and that's why we're not telling people that we want to destroy the United States f this country uh, that's why you know we're not saying that we want to tear the country apart with civil war but we have a real economic program to rescue the country 
Um, that's what kind of sets us apart from the synthetic left. That is just kind of an expression of destruction. And actually, there was a pretty good message on that from Haas. Like Haas's remarks, that was kind of the thrust of what he was getting at about like, what does it mean to be a leftist and, and all of that. And maybe if we can get that clip, um, right. you know, oh, Chase Fillingham says that your speech was the best. Thank you so much, Chase. Thank, like, well, I, I really appreciate that. I, I was, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous for it, but I think it went really well. Yeah, well, I, I want to say that speech, we're, we're going to get the video of that. That's going to mean the world to the Venezuelans, you know, and, and to the to Alex Saab's family. There was a conference, hundreds of people for a fiery speech, and the audience started chanting, free Alex Saab, free Alex Saab. That was a great moment, wasn't it? Yeah, that was awesome. That was an awesome um, moment. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say something I forgot. Um, okay. Any other moments that stand out from the conference? Any moments? Um, well, I mean, I think uh, I just saw Peter and Grace talking about uh, how we got to have little early dinner mm -hmm. after the intermission. That was lovely. Uh, mm -hmm. Getting to talk to them. Uh, Peter and Grace, really great, really, really great folks. Uh, glad to have met them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know. The opening ceremony was awesome. Oh the yeah. Ceremony was awesome. Yeah. And already that video, uh, just a photo, just a single photo of that opening ceremony is already going viral in Russia and viral in Lugansk or Lugansk and Donetsk and, and the Donbass regions. And it's like, this is, this is a really big deal. I would say that opening ceremony was something powerful. And that's what seemed to trigger uh, Purple Maggot the most, right? It was the opening well, ceremony. Well, then they can't even get their story straight. So it's, we, we are, you know, nationalist fascist group. But then when we say the World Federation Democratic Youth Pledge, which is like to eliminate all traces of fashion for the youth, they're like, this is culty. Yeah, yeah. We, we literally opened with a pledge that denounces racism, calls for the unity of the people of the world, says we must eliminate all traces of fascism from the earth, the official CPI pledge. And they thought, oh, that's culty that we're, we have a pledge, an anti-racist pledge, you know, uh, that's, you know. Like, all right. I guess you you don't want to eliminate all traces of fashion. One of the right, best things that I thought about the um, the uh, the opening uh, or about Purple Maggot's uh, response. One of the best things that I thought was uh, they said um, they they sang the Communist International, and it's like Vosh fans don't can't get it through their heads. Communist International is an organization. Third international. Third inter it's an organization. Dissolved in 1943, folks. And International is a song. Wait, what? I thought they're the same. No, and Vosh has done this on his streams. Yeah. I made fun of him for it, right? Yeah. I Commun that clip. Communist International, Common Turn Organization, International Song, right? Well, so Vosh says, what? Sylvia Pankers talked with Lenin at the second meeting of the Communist International. Yeah, so, it's like at the meeting so, of the song. Yeah, well, so they, well, they meet every couple of years and they sing the song and they're like, all right, bye. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, and this person, like, I mean, they, they, they have no understanding of what this movement is even about, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, I saw that, and I just thought that's classic, and it's like, it's, it's, it shows you, and if you're taking political direction from Bosch, there's a clip recently, you know, George Galloway, the great George Galloway gave us a great message, right, which is already posted online, you can go to the CPI YouTube channel and watch George Galloway's great message, but um, I believe it's already uploaded, right, or is it, it's up, it's, it's sure. like scheduled to go up, at least it hasn't gone up, but um, but one of the things that was so great um, was that, you know, Bosch on one of his streams, you know, he discovered on air who George Galloway was. 
Did this guy's a Nazi? Oh, this is, and he's like looking on Wikipedia trying to figure out who George Galloway is. This guy, George Galloway, has been a member of Parliament in Britain for decades. He met with Saddam Hussein for Christ's sake. He was one of the most like outspoken activists against the Iraq War in Britain. I mean, if you're a socialist and you're discovering on air, he's like, oh, he's like typing in Wikipedia, George Galloway. Who's that? I mean, it's like, why is anyone listening to this guy? And when it comes to what socialism and Marxism is, he has no clue what he's talking about. He just supports the imperialists. And so the algorithms promote him. And that's who we're supposed to accept. Exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous. I feel like a lot of these people, too, are they're kind of like it's like poison with ideology. I don't know if this maybe Haas kind of remarked on this, but maybe I sound like Zizek ideology. But um, (laughs) it's kind of like they're poisoned. Like people are like, why do you have a bust of Lincoln? Was he a communist? Oh, Okay, does it matter? John Brown wasn't a communist. Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, they weren't communists. Does that mean, oh, well, everything before communism is bad. Yeah, right. Well, it's like, and we had Lincoln up there because Lincoln represented a progressive trend in U.S. history, the struggle to defeat slavery uh, and the struggle to, uh, to, you know, to break out of that system. You know, slavery existed in the United States because the British Empire needed cheap cotton, right? It was the British who propped up slavery. And a little known fact that no one ever talks about is that the British were thinking about sending their Navy to the South, right? The, the Union Army set up a blockade uh, to prevent any imports to the South during the Civil War. And the British were going to send their Navy to, uh, to break the blockade and help the Confederates start exporting cotton and importing weapons and stuff. Uh, so the, the Russians actually intervened in the American Civil War and sent their Navy to New York City's harbors. And that sent a message to the British that if you get involved on the side of the South, we're going to get on, involved on the side of Lincoln. The British, uh, the British were supporting the Confederacy. And Lincoln got support from the Russians. Yep. Russiagate, 1864. Uh-oh, we have to support the Confederacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, now, Don Deering yes. is asking, Don Deering, shout out to you, Don Deering and NYC. Great, great comrade, amazing guy. And he says, are you going to post videos of the speeches? Yes, we are, as soon as we possibly can. High quality video was taken, two cameras, HD. The camera guy is, is on his way, and we are going to do it as soon as we possibly can. There's so much great video. Uh, but these things take time, unfortunately. But we're on here streaming and just summing it up. There are there are a few videos that like people in the audience film with their phones that we were able to go through. So Ben Kavanaugh says, congratulations on a fantastic event from the Workers' Party and the CPGBML in Scotland, solidarity with DPR and LPR. Thank you very much. And, you know, I want to thank the, the Workers' Party of the United Kingdom, led by George Galloway, and the Communist Party of Great Britain, Marxist-Leninist. I think they just call themselves the communists now. They yeah. don't do the CPGBML. That's a little bit much, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, the, the CPGBML and the Workers' Party, they both sent us great statements. George Galloway represented, uh, represented the, uh, the Workers' Party, gave a great nine-minute video, I think. And then Jyoti Brar did like a six-minute video on behalf of the communists of Britain. It was tremendous. It was really tremendous. And we also had video messages from Tara Reid, uh, the, you know, the, the victim of Joe Biden, who's been outspoken. And, and we also had a message from Max Blumenthal. That was really great. Yeah. Uh, Chris Halali gave a great statement, I thought. Tremendous. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, it's a list of incredible people. Yeah, it was, it was really, really tremendous. Uh, a lot of solidarity messages. Plus, uh, you know, we had Haas there. We had Hinkle. Jackson Hinkle was there, you know. I, for some reason, I just want to say Haas and Hinkle, right? It's like H and H, but it's Jackson Hinkle and Haas of Infrared. But. They're kind of a duo, though. Haas and Hinkle. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Um, you know, I mean, it was it was a tremendous conference in so many ways. Just oh, remember the British Crown owned the slave trade monopoly via the Royal African Company. I did not know that detail. 
But yes, but Don is very happy. He says, beautiful, because yes, those videos are coming out. And I mean, and it was like great speech after great speech. You know, like we had, we had you talking about Alex Saab, the audience is chanting free Alex Saab, free Alex Saab. We had David Cedillo talking about Nicaragua and his trip to Nicaragua. We had Jackson Hinkle gave this very detailed presentation about Ukraine, about not just about the 2014 coup, but also about the 2004 orange revolution, you know, the color revolution in Ukraine. You know, and the details about what's going on there. And um, the other thing is I'm expecting hit pieces in the media. Did you say you said there was some guy from a radio station? I'm anticipating. Yeah, there was some. I can't wait. Yeah, there's some guy from a radio station who was like snapping pictures with his phone and had a big like audio device recording people. And he had the hat with the radio station. And there was there were a number of people from the press there. I think Jacobin sent a couple people that were sitting in the audience. Can't and confirm, but yeah. We can't confirm. We're pretty sure the Jacobin people. David Fox says solidarity from Australians for a new democracy. Ooh. They wrote a beautiful <laughs> statement by the way, which we're going to publish on the website in solidarity with the conference. Shout out to you, David Fox. Awesome, and, David. and Australians for a New Democracy is an awesome group, right? They're, you know, we're the Center for Political Innovation in the United States. Australians for a New Democracy is doing the same thing that we're doing, but they're doing it in Australia. So if you're in Australia, you should check them out. They wrote a beautiful statement that we're going to publish on the website in solidarity with, with our conference. That was You tremendous. also check out David. He's got a great show uh, with Gus James, Working Class Revolt. Gus James got Anti-Imperialist America and uh, David Fox has his own show the name is slipping me right now but it's on the same channel so very very good please check out david fox and his work all right well lily do you have you want any any other like last comments before we uh, bring on some more people to react to the conference huh i would go a new upsurge that's for the end that's for the end um just i mean oh oh john mccarthy says would it be an exaggeration to say that the u.s kidnapping of alex saab is killing more people than russia's intervention in ukraine is I, I would not say that's an exaggeration. You could make that argument. Um, Alex Saab, I mean, it's not just about Alex Saab and his family. Like I said in my speech, it's about Venezuelan. It's about the entire world. But right now it is, I mean, it's killing Venezuelan people who can't get, you know, food, medicine. I mean, they're starting to recover. But no, it really has killed a lot of people, especially the sanctions in general on Venezuela. And the sanctions on Cuba have been vicious iran etc you, yeah. you guys know the story well you know and, and i i just want to add you know they're going to attack this conference and be like oh this was a putinist russian propaganda conference we talked a lot about the war you can't not talk about the war but we talked about nicaragua we talked about venezuela i talked a lot about china in my remarks that people i mean it was an anti-imperialist conference we had a, a shia muslim youth muhammad got up and he gave a, a speech you know a, a fire a fiery Incredible. speech against zionism and in support of the palestinians and and you know we we had plenty of plenty of different international causes. It was an anti-imperialist conference, and that's why we had Lincoln up there because Lincoln was an American who stood against that global imperialist system, stood against the British Empire. You know, and that's that's why. And and Lincoln, you know that that was a you know a copy from the uh, from the uh, you know the Communist Party's uh, you know convention as well, right? And then that Lincoln, Lincoln was more angry. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, our, our our Lincoln was more angry than their Lincoln. So there you go. There you go. All right, Lily. Well, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. It was really great to have you at the conference. It was so awesome. Um, and so, uh, oh, is uh, Lily, Lily, Lily's going to walk oh, off thank there? You for All right, me cool. On, yeah. We're, this is the first time we've done a stream like this. So uh, bear with us as we, uh, you know, as we, as we figure things out. It looks like we do have actually the Haas clip. So um, we'll, we'll do that. Um, we'll just have to load it into the system, as they say. So. All right. I'm just showing Ben how to how to use StreamYard. So how to use a Mac. <laughs> right, right. How to use a Mac, really, right? Um, so there we go. We got that. And so you'll, you'll go here and then 
Uh, it's video file. And they like Lily's shirt. Oh, they like Lily's shirt? Oh, who doesn't? It's a great shirt. All right, so here's Hodge. We have been right? hammered home so much about this stuff this about decolonization and you know this stuff about critiquing white people or whatever and, and europeans here you have a situation of all of the the guilty world right europe uniting under the banner of nato against russia which is a semi-asiatic country to the east i mean the irony is incredible so the leftists the same ones that have been telling us for so long that oh the problem uh, is uniquely some kind of European guilt are rallying behind a kind of pan-European supremacist uh, uh, renaissance, uh, the revival of neo-Nazism basically against Russia and now also against China, and it's not simply an irony. We should draw a fundamental conclusion from this, and for me, that conclusion is that. Uh, the so-called American left, in its entirety, cannot be redeemed uh, whatsoever. Uh, it's not simply that we can build something from scratch, but we should cease to see leftists as a reservoir from which we should attempt to draw support. The support for anyone who's interested in a real initiative to oppose the status quo is going to come from people who are either apolitical or who are right-wing. But as far as leftists are concerned, I say we owe them nothing. We owe them absolutely no attention. We have no... Yeah, that, that's the clip of that people were mad about Haas. Ben, what would you say that Haas was saying there? Uh, I, would, I would say that, you know, uh, he's calling out a certain segment of the organized left who really believes that there is um, a more promising group of people within the liberal academic establishment that they can convert to anti-imperialist than there are um, conservatives. They don't want to engage with conservatives. They don't want to speak with them. They don't, they think anybody who even considered voting for Donald Trump is not considered a member of uh, their view of the working class. Yeah. And therefore they are not worth our time and they are the enemy. And I think that Haas was specifically rejecting that kind of rhetoric. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was his, his speech was very well put together. He went into what it means to be a leftist. He talked about Robespierre and the French revolution. Yeah. Um, and he basically how leftism has become synonymous with just tearing things down and tearing things apart. Yeah. And that, uh, that right now that, that, you know, mindset is being weaponized by the imperialists. That yeah. was kind of the thrust of what he was saying. And it was basically the same thing we're saying with out of the movement to the masses. Um, and he put it very clearly. He has this kind of philosophical background, this, yeah. this approach. You know, he's, he almost sounds almost like, like Zizek or, or, or like some sort of philosophy. Professor. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's an existential philosopher. But he was making kind of the point that CPI has always made out of the movement to the masses. He made it very, very well, yeah, I thought. I and extremely. Yeah, the audience really, really enjoyed it. And it was really, really great to have Haas there. And many people from the infrared community came and were yeah, in the audience. Absolutely. And, 
it was tremendous. It was absolutely tremendous. Um, I thought it was a great point uh, that was made. And uh, it was one of the big moments of the conference. Very succinct. And that's just a clip from the entire from the entire speech. Yeah. But the full thing is even more sure. impressive in yeah, yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Charlotte is about to come on. Um, Charlotte Forrester is about to join us. And Charlotte gave a, a poem. So Charlotte, do you want to just, uh, Charlotte's going to come around. We're figuring out how to maneuver with our like set here. This is We've never done a stream like this, you know, it's really great, but uh, you can watch us here. Also keep in mind, you can watch us on um, Main Trend News uh, as well, the Main Trend News YouTube channel. And, um, uh, you know, so Charlotte, do you want to come on, come on, have a seat? Hi. Welcome, Charlotte. How are you doing, Charlotte? Hello, everyone. I'm doing very well. Yeah, this is Charlotte Forrester. Now, Charlotte, you carried the flag during the uh, the opening ceremony. Did you carry the American flag or the Soviet flag? I carried the American flag. Yeah, Car Charlotte carried our American flag during the opening and closing ceremony, right? Mm -hmm. That's absolutely correct. And that, what was that experience like? It was glorious. Yeah, absolutely glorious. And um, when uh, and in, during the opening ceremony, you know, um, holding hands with Nick, I felt like there were fireworks just uh, uh, fl fl uh, <clears throat> flown out into the sky. It was a very, um, it was just so cathartic. And it was I a powerful was just, moment. What? It was a powerful moment. It was. And uh, I am so honored to be part of that historic event. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the moment you're referring to. So, you know, you marched in. We had the American flag and the Soviet flag while we're playing the International, right? Mm -hmm. And then then when the American Star-Spangled Banner started, you and Nick, uh, Nick was from Flame of Liberation. He was holding the Soviet flag. The two of you joined hands very symbolically. You held your hands up, right? Yeah, and I heard you scream out, yeah! And the audience went wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I they just went wild to see, you know, that was a great moment. It was just an epic moment. Um, and then as the national anthem went on, then a couple other people ran out, uh, uh, you know, with the Donetsk People's Republic flag that we've got right over here, as well as the Z, which is the symbol of the denazification operation. Mm -hmm. And the audience went even more wild. And that was just like an epic moment. And already just the photo of that moment where everyone was there has already gone viral in Russia. It's already been on all the, the, the media of Donetsk and Lugansk and Donbass regions. Uh, it's big. It's really, really big. So wait till the video comes out of that opening ceremony. I am really excited to watch it. And I um, really uh, hope my uh, family um, is proud of me for that. Yeah, well, I mean, they should be, you know, and I got to tell you, I can swear, though, in Langley right now, there is somebody getting their ass chewed out for letting us do this. They're like, how do we not stop this conference? How do we let them do this? Oh, my God. They had a, had a conference to support Donetsk and Lugansk in the middle of America. This is crazy. Oh, Russia bad. Yeah, they're flipping out. They're saying, oh, my God, who did this? Caleb? Caleb did it. Charlotte. It was Charlotte and Caleb. Oh, my God. This is, how could this happen? Oh, and um, purple, and uh, we got pulled up by Purple Maggot. Uh, Nick and our nationalists now. Or your nationalists. Even though we specifically made the point that we're not, right? Because yeah. the United States is not a nation. Right. And and we want to bring the people of the world. I mean, in our, our pledge of unity that we open with all nations, all beliefs, you know, bringing people together. Uh, Andrew Stryker says, if you are under attack, you're doing something right. I've actually had a very um, I've heard a similar message um, when I was working um, for as a canvasser for a citizens campaign for the environment. And the head of the organization told us that if you are. If you if you make enemies, that means you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. I think in the little red book, Mao Zedong says to be attacked by the enemy is a good thing and not a bad thing. So there you go. That's that's uh, that's kind of to summarize that. Now you read a poem uh, in the, in the closing, right yes. towards the end. 
that's going to be on video, obviously, and the mm -hmm. video will go out. How do you feel the audience reacted to your poem and why? Um, I, uh, I think it was mostly positive, and um, a lot of people said, you know, great poem. And uh, one of them was telling me, you know, um, well, they were talking about that my poem um, with um, one of our uh, CPI members, Ryan Cotton, how they, uh, he was blown away by it. Mm. And um, when I wrote that poem, it just poured out out of all of me because I, because um, it was during a time where I was, you know, getting a little anxious with um, with all the uh, everything that is going on and. Um, because of the COVID-19 um, pandemic, especially the 2020 lockdown, we were just uh, further isolated from each other with the social distancing rules and uh, mask mandates and people were so afraid, you know, to hug and even shake, shake hands with each other. Mm -hmm. And, and, <clears throat> and I noticed that people are isolating themselves, you know, from the, their media communities and their friends and a lot of, uh, and when every time I try to reach out to a friend who is, you know, depressed or despondent and they just said they want to be left alone or even though I try to reach out to them and, you know, show my support. I'm the complete opposite. Um, when I'm having like that kind of um, emotional anxiety or emotional crisis. Yeah, just keep the, the lighting there. Just keep talking. Sorry. I just need like I'm the complete opposite. I need that kind of closure. I need that intimacy from my friends. and. Well, that's what I thought was great about the conference is that those of us who have anti-imperialist views at a time when the media is just ramping up all this bullshit about Ukraine and I mean, fake video, they're just lying over and over again. And all of our friends and family are weeping for Ukraine and going, how could you possibly support Donetsk and Lugansk? How could you possibly support Russia? Oh, my God. You know, for those of us who can see the truth, we have to pull together and we have to support each other. And that's what this conference was so amazing is people came here and there was just this intimacy when you say like we were there to bond with each other and say, we know the truth in a world of lies. We are going to stand against this. And and we were there to support each other. I talked about the rally high. Right. We all got yeah. that rally high. Right. Yes. Yeah. Would you say you felt the rally high? Oh, my. Yes, I did. Absolutely. It was um, it was better than therapy. I got to say. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Do you want to add anything else, Charlotte, before before you go? I just want to tell everyone that if you do feel alone now and if you are struggling, um, feeling isolated, just so you know, you are not alone. And we as human beings are a collective species and it is our duty to be there for each other and to struggle together because when we dare to struggle, we dare to win. Absolutely. That is a great message, Charlotte. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I on. can't wait till people see the video of your poem. It was tremendous. Neither can I. All right. All right. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Anti-imperialist together stay strong, says Captain Waffles. All right. So our next guest uh, who's coming on is actually this this is the guy. He he was not one of the private security that we hired. He was actually he's actually he's a, a member of the Center for Political Innovation. He was also a security guard. He was the head of our security operation. This man is largely responsible for making sure that the uh, the Maoist uh, frat boy association of the Re of Austin, that's what I'm calling them, uh, didn't disrupt. Uh, right. So, hey, this is Joe Gale who ran security for the conference. Don't do mess it. with this guy, by the way. He's built. Can do you flex for us? Can I yeah, he can flex. Like, do not mess with Joe Gale. He's yeah, tall, so. he's built, and uh, there you go. So how do you feel about the conference? I think it was um, really amazing. I didn't expect um, the immense response that um, 
you know, when I walked into the room, once I got there with you, I felt like an overwhelming presence of like, you know, solidarity for the people we were with. And it, it seemed like, you know, finally the, the events that I saw as a kid of like communist um, organizations and huge gatherings were finally coming into reality once again, because I've been in events before, but it wasn't anything like this. Um, very put together, very professional. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone there seemed to be on the same page. So it was a great feeling. I think it was a tr huge success, as we've been saying. Yeah, no, it, it really was. And uh, everyone there just got this glowing feeling. I mean, it was just like we yeah. were we were there. We were powerful. Um, wow. I mean, are there any moments that really stand out in your mind? Well, the opening ceremony, for sure. I mean, that's the one that really hit me hard. I was I was, you know, standing on the left side of the stage or right side for us. And when, you know, the international played and they walked in, I actually got teary eyed, to be honest. Really? Yes, wow. I did. I, I, I did. I didn't. I thought I might happen. And it did. Um, and, you know, me being me being security and sunglasses on, I was like, oh, fuck, I can't wear sunglasses. Right, right. Yeah, because you, know, you, were, you were standing next to the stage the whole yes. time. You had my back. If one of these fools had, like, run at the stage, you would have jumped on top of them. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was ready for that. Um, yeah. If anyone would have done anything, I would have just, like, uh, restrained them, thrown them on the ground. I was not afraid to do anything like that. We, uh, you know, anyone who's trying to give harm to revolutionaries, um, whether they're in the CPI or not, I'm going to, I'm, going to subdue them at mm -hmm. events. I mean, it's yeah, just I mean, that's within your legal, your legal yes, right as a yes, security guard. And, when they, and I will say that the security team did a tremendous job. They I did. Mean, I mean, you know, there were people that had come with bad intentions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, and the funny thing was, I think there were people who'd come who actually stayed, you know, they, they signed in, they <laughs> came in and they were going to do something. And then they saw our team and they're like, oh, no, we're not. Yeah, I think once yeah. they got to, <laughs> I think once they got to the lobby, they, 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 uh, they realized they bit off more than they could chew. And like, you know, what are the reports that I got is that they were just wearing masks and not saying anything. First of all, the people trying to disrupt events don't go there wearing sunglasses and a black mask and just not saying anything. That's not being, that's not being incognito. You're standing out like a red thumb. I have training in security. Like we know what you're doing, especially if you're just, you're literally acting suspicious. You're just like, um, uh, yeah, my name is, it's like, like you guys want to be, you guys want to be like, revolutionaries and wreckers and stuff you suck at it you really do because you're supposed to you know just blend in with everyone else and you can't do that like, yeah I mean, I mean people say that these guys are feds i don't know they don't seem to be as good as them so i, I guess you know the the red guards of austin they only pick on pregnant women. yeah right? you know i mean they attacked an anti-abortion conference a couple of weeks ago set off some smoke bombs but we uh we weren't pregnant women you know they could no. just target uh you know we weren't a bunch of uh wimpy wimpy liberals at an aoc rally and that's one thing. A lot of leftist groups project weakness. Not yes. us. Yes. Not us. Yeah. You know, we're not in this to try and make people feel weak and all of that. We're in this to try and make people feel strong and powerful. You know, they they see mass. They see like just any show of like, at least not all of them. But a lot of them see any show of masculinity or any show of just bravado is, is somehow toxic. And that's not true. Toxic masculinity is real. That's sure. a fact. Yeah. But. But like showing showing that you're strong, any of any of anyone, any gender doesn't matter, is is a sign of power. And then like they had, you need to convey that as a revolutionary organization, or else no one's going to take you seriously. You know, having power, and then also having you know the knowledge of ideology and what you believe in. I mean, if you don't, if you if you um, fancy yourself to be some like you know like very you know standoffish and quiet person in public it's you're not you're not going to catch the eye of the masses it doesn't mean have anything to do with masculinity or we're not the war room or something it's just that's how we are 
Yeah, sure. And another thing I might want to mention is you, Joe, not only are you running security for us, but uh, you're, we're here in Austin. And this is almost familiar territory because you are our pro-gun socialist yes. on InfoWars. Yes. This is this is an InfoWars guest. You have you have been yeah. on Alex Jones. Talk about that. Right. I was I, I wasn't I didn't like who I was. It's not like I was like, here's the communist section of InfoWars. It's they came up to me at a Trump protest in 2016. And um, I was looking a little LARPy. I was doing security for an anti-Trump uh, protest. And they came right up to me. And when I was a conservative, I, you know, did watch InfoWars. So I was just standing with my sunglasses and my, you know, you know, get up. And then they come right up to me. And I was like, oh, because like almost like starstruck almost back when I was like a, a moron who used to like watch them. And when they came up to me, they ex expected me to be their run of the mill uh leftist who would scream at them, throw obscenities at them. But I was very polite and he, they asked me questions about socialism and I knew them right away, mm -hmm. which um, I didn't expect that. I expected if someone comes up to me with a camera out of the blue, I'm gonna like, I'm just gonna have no idea what to say, but it came very naturally. And you could tell if you watched the video that they were tripping over their words because I just knew what to say. Mm. And you know, after that video came out, it got, it went viral and uh, it's, it's, uh, it was very interesting to have a dialogue with them. Yeah. Because, you know, Rob Dew, the guy who interviewed me, wasn't like, was a lot nicer than other reporters, I guess. He wasn't trying to be a jerk. And after he took the camera off, he told, talked to me about guns a bit and gave me a thing. I, you know, I'm pro-gun, but I'm also, you know, for only doing things through legal means. You know, I yeah, you're, you're, you believe, yeah, yeah, you believe in the Second Amendment. Exactly. Right? I believe in the Second Amendment. Very, it's very well, important. People forget that the first demonstration that the Black Panthers ever did was a Second Amendment gun rights demonstration. Yeah, they came out with their shotguns and their M2 carbines and legally was you know, open carrying and presented that they're nothing to mess around with, that they're the real deal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that was quite quite interesting. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. Now, people are still reacting. We have the clip of Haas. We have the clip of Purple Maggot's Meltdown. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll call it that, the PMM, the Purple yeah, Maggot no. Meltdown. I think that's what we'll call it. Like, we are going to save that forever. That's I, be I like, saw a comment. Kind of, yeah. I saw a comment in the stream. Someone was like, this person is literally admitting to being maggot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then other people are reacting to our literature table. And yes. I mean, we did how many we have barely any books left. I mean, it was we, we brought so many books and so many people. It was just like our whole literature table got bought up. Practically. Yeah, people we're just scooping it up. And uh, but now I see people like reacting to the literature table. Oh, my gosh, they had this or that. Well, what, what do you make of some of the literature we had on our tables? We got it's great. I mean, it's, it's the, green book. the green book, which um, it's uh, one of the copies that we have of uh, I'm sorry, Gaddafi's book. Mm -hmm. And in there, there's even a structure that shows you how the Libyan Jamahiria was even structured. Um, that was put in actually at the last minute, uh, mm -hmm. thanks to Gavin Lockhart, I believe. Shout out to you, Gavin, if you're watching. Yeah. You, um, you made the uh, this this great graphic happen. I'll, I'll try. Uh, yeah, here we go. This is the graphic that we made sure to, to put in. But keep talking. Yeah, right. And uh, it was not just that literature. We have we have also getting rich without capitalism. We have what else we got here? That we have the um, ideological foundations of the city building tendency, which I guess you could say is our little blue book for what we believe in. Which you know we are Marxists, we are Leninists, but we believe in a um, a way of going towards socialism in the United States in a way that fits the conditions of the U.S. Yeah, this is um, yeah, this is the, our latest publication of the Center for Political Innovation, the Ideological Foundations of the City Building Tendency, and it contains two documents that I wrote. Right, the mm -hmm. first was actually written at request of the Platypus Review, which is this kind of weird academic Marxist uh, publication. They actually reached out to me. They said we'd like you to write a document about what CPI stands for. So I wrote it and then they published it in the December uh, 2021 issue of their publication. So we have that. We are the city building tendency. 
And then the second piece in it is a polemic uh, against the party of socialism and liberation. It's called The Masses Are the Water, Understanding the Failures of Late Marxism. Um, and it really laid out what's wrong with, you know, not just the, the PSL, but also the Workers' World Party and Struggle La Lucha and these groups that come out of the, the Marciite tendency. And so it's two really important documents. This wasn't intended to be like popular. It's not the kind of book that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to give it to my friend who's never heard of any of this. This was to really lay out what CPI is all about. Right. And that, that we published this. Um, and uh, and and this is our latest. Um, but yeah. And then this is this is like a classic. This is pretty. It's a pretty old book. I put this out a long time ago. Getting Rich Without Capitalism. Yeah. Right. But it, it was popular. I mean, it know. was a, it was a very, um, you know, it was a very controversial book when it came out because, you know, the the usual thing amongst communists is like, you know, it's not about, you know, billionaires are bad, billionaires are bad, wealth is bad, you know, buying things is bad almost to some people. And it's really not the case. It's not saying that we should have tons and tons of billionaires. Is that us as communists believe that everyone should live like billionaires. We should have that material abundance and wealth. And like going after that specifically is not what why we're against capitalism. We're against capitalism because of the production of how it's production for profit, that a class of those people who run the economy are given all the power. Mm -hmm. And while the general population has absolutely none, the working class, which, you know, we as obviously communists support the working class coming to power. And when the working class lives like billionaires, that'll be the final stage of communism. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. And uh, I put that book out and I mean, it got quite a reaction. Um, and I actually, I'll be honest with you. I, I wrote, the, I gave the title. My hope was that someday there would be a libertarian who saw it on the shelf and was like, what? Getting rich without cap, that can't happen. And they, that, that it was bait, you know, that, that was, it was basically bait. Um, and it's just, it's a bunch of essays that I wrote. Uh, and there's kind of like a, a, a manifesto at the beginning inter introduction about what socialism means and how it would help make you wealthier and more comfortable and, and stuff. But uh, it's got, you know, some controversial stuff. So, um, and oh, someone is asking about the Kamala Harris book as well. Have you read the Kamala Harris book? I read part of it. Yeah, yeah. This is this is our 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 book on our great vice president. It's about how amazing she is and yeah. why why we should all be so happy and empowered that a, a woman of color is the vice president and she's like a, a socialist. She's actually one of us. She's a communist and socialist, just yeah, like definitely. us. Right? That's what the book is about. Actually, just kidding. Sarcasm, folks. Sarcasm. But but go on, Joe. It's actually a gotcha. Um, you know, I've showed that book to some conservatives and like his my friend who has like conservative parents. And they saw the book and they're like, what, what, Kamala Harris? Well, I don't even like that. It's like, no, it's a huge, like, like introduction and analysis of her whole life and her upbringing and how, and then it's, uh, Kamala herself is actually like only a border for the general purpose of the book, which is more about the new left and how that came to fruition, basically. Yeah. Now Chaya is asking, I assume this question, is it, is it directed toward both of us? I think I, we can both answer it. If you were to have a discussion with Zizek, were another left-wing intellectual, which topics would you want to discuss and debate? Oh, I know that one. So there you go. Yeah. I would ask him about economics because he seems to go really into philosophy, which is fine. He seems to dance around liking Stalin, but in a more edgy way, like you've said. But I just want to know what he thinks about economics. I mean, I feel like he'd probably just sound like Bernie Sanders loosely. It's, he's, he's, to me, I don't know about people who've actually read a lot of his books, but he's it's very mysterious in a way um, because of like, he's not like, concretely one thing or uh, one trend or the other. And I watched, I just like to pick his brain more. It seems like he focuses on philosophy more or revolution in a loose sense. Yeah. Sure. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, are there any other things about the conference you want to just highlight, Joe? Um, yeah, I, I, I'll explain like revolutionary patriotism or socialist patriotism. Go ahead. Talk about that. Right. I mean, people give such crazy responses to it. They think it's national socialism, which is ridiculous. Yeah. We're not Nazis. We're not nationalists. We're not right wing. Uh, people think that, uh, that we're American exceptionalists and chauvinists, which is absolutely ridiculous. No one's more anti-imperialist than us. We're, yeah. we're, we're standing with like Gonsk and Donetsk. We got Gaddafi's Green Book here. If anyone's less supportive of U.S. imperialism, it's us. Yeah. But there you go. But but explain what it, what it is, Joe. So this trend in patriotism amongst the left, uh, amongst the Marxists in the United States, has been around for a while. We didn't come up with it or anything. It's not something we hold on to and they look at us. It's something that's been around since, I mean, I get all the way back to the 1860s at least. Uh, it's, we believe that, you know, you have the United States, the state itself, uh, which is the imperialists, the war profiteers, the, the capitalists and there and the bankers. And that part of America has always been colonizing people, carrying out mass murder against people of the world, Native Americans, the African Americans, they've been doing nothing but laying waste to the world. But that's not the, that's not, that's the American government. That's the side of America that everyone gets to see. But while all these atrocities have been going on over the past 200 or so years of the U U.S. Uh, project, there has always been an underling of revolutionary forces against that, those people. Those people are the abolitionists, the free soilers, the labor activists, the communists, the, uh, the, the peace activists. I mean, while America was bombing the hell out of, out of Vietnam, there was huge forces against those people. Every pro progressive... Um, Thing that was passed by the U.S. government, uh, whether it be the eight-hour day or or um, or uh, what's it called unemployment benefits, has only been because the U.S. people, that underling, that force that that stands a counterpart of the U.S. government, has forced the government to do those things. The people, every, it's not the U.S. government we should thank for every good thing that the government has done, like the Civil Rights Act. It's because we forced their hand. That part of America is what I'm patriotic about. That's the revolutionary patriotism that's always fought against the empire. That's always fought against the U.S. government. And my final point is we've always fo forced their hand to do anything to benefit us. But imagine what we could do if we used our own. Mm, yeah. And I mean, in my remarks, I said, when we say America, we don't mean we don't mean the military. We don't mean yeah, the government. Absolutely. We don't mean the, even the flag and constitution. We're talking about the people, yes. the people that have been brought together. The United States has basically been synthetically created by capitalism. It's not a nation. It's a country with many different nationalities, many different ethnic and religious groups brought together. And we want to fight for the working people of this country. We say we need a government of action that will fight for working families. And as you were saying, all throughout U.S. history, you've had progressives, abolitionists, suffragists who fought for the rights of women, the LGBT activist movement, you know, and, and they've always been part of this. And we're not going to hand over the entire, uh, the entire definition of America to Donald Trump and Joe Biden. We're not going to do that. We are part of America. And eventually that progressive current in American history that goes, you know, from the time of, of Nat Turner and Abraham Lincoln and Harriet Tubman all the way up to today, uh, you know, that progressive current is going to take power and it's going to rescue the United States from the nightmare of, of capitalism and decay and this imperialist system. We bear no relation to the U.S. empire, okay? When we talk about patriotism, we're not talking about the government or anything like that. I know we've, I've, it sounds like I've said that, but I want, we're a, com a completely separate force that's always been there that's been fighting for, for the rights and well-being of the American people. Again, we've never had power, but we should grab it. That's it. All right. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, thank you, Joe, for everything. Thanks for keeping us safe and having our back. Um, you know, uh, the Red Guards have got to be quite embarrassed right now. I, that, yeah, I would know, be. I would be if I was them. So 
our next guest we're going to bring on is a friend of mine named Tom. So, uh, all right. All right. Switcheroo. You got it. All right. Very, very good. Do you say, you want to say anything while we're, while we're transitioning, Ben? Uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, one of the criticisms I saw on, um, on Twitter was actually somebody, uh, saying that, um, you know, this is a white supremacist sort of, oh. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you specifically mentioned American heroes like Malcolm X and, and, and Harriet Tubman in your speech and many others. So, yeah. you know, you know, a lot of the a lot of the um, criticisms directed at CPI are by people who weren't there and don't actually know what it stands for. And when they're told, they refuse to acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 people just decide they want to believe something. It is what it is. But hey, Tom, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Tom Michalak. I'm from Detroit. and. Uh, yeah, I was here. I came here for the conference. I've never been to Texas, but uh, this is the best possible reason to come, I think. Yeah. So what was your reaction to the conference? What did you think? I love the conference. I've been to a lot of left wing political conferences over the years, and this is by far uh, the best one I've I've ever been to, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till you see the video, folks. I mean, this was something else. Uh, but what made it different, I guess, when I, when I, when I asked you, what, what made it different than other conferences? Uh, the optimism, the realism of it. Uh, I've been to conferences where people are delusional enough to be saying, like, we're going to be the people to take power and we're going to burn the country down. And it's like it's fantasy. It's not real life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what the message of the conference that uh, we had yesterday was uh, one of a, like a practical vision for the future that I think people could readily embrace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was intended to reach a, a mass audience. It's out of the movement to the masses. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and let me ask you, um, you know, were there any moments that stood out for you? Keaton's speech. Oh, that was an incredible speech. I, as I mentioned earlier, I don't normally yell like yes to things that people say, but I, I, I couldn't even help it. It was like a, ghost came out of me and said I was really fired up by that oh yeah that was that was a great moment when Keaton got up were you wearing a cowboy hat on the podium Keaton I'd be like going up without clothes on yeah Keaton Keaton definitely was wearing a cowboy hat <laughs> I love the look yeah yeah that <laughs> was that was something special and I mean and, and especially that second panel you know that you know there were just so many in the closing of just so many standing ovations the audience was just so fired up towards yeah. the end we heard from Muhammad, uh, you know, we heard from Lily about Alex Saab, and we heard from Grace, uh, or, and we heard from Peter and Miss Astronaut Cowboy, and, you know, um, it was it was awesome. It was really, really tremendous, um, really, really tremendous. So, um, but yeah, um, you know, other than that, like, I mean, can, you want to talk about kind of, you know, the reaction you've seen online and how like people have no idea what, what's going on? Like, I mean, uh, the critiques that I've seen, I mean, I've seen... I don't really spend a whole lot of time on social media, honestly, but this sort of prompted me to do a little bit of lurking. And the thing that I found amazing is that pretty much all of the critiques were shallow, surface level, cheap, saying like, whether it be alleging that Haas is standing on a stool, one with wheels, uh, you know, like what, and that that seemed to be the main thrust of it, or- Is it like surfing back and forth? Right, right, it doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't even make any sense. Uh, and, uh, of course, our the esteemed purple maggot, uh, <laughs> yeah. that sort of screeching about nothing. I mean, again, it's all there's there's nothing to it. It's 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 like just uh, coping with their own impotence. I think that's what this is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, Troy is urging people to donate uh, on PayPal. And if you can, we're getting ready to do this again. We're doing it in Chicago in mid-May. Chicago is the next stop. So and we want to do this in Seattle. We want to do this everywhere, everywhere we possibly can. That's our, our aim. But um, let me ask you, um, you know, um, I, I guess, let, I mean, is there anything else that, that you really, I mean, you're from Michigan, right? Yes. You're, you're a Detroit guy. Yep. Right. And, and I mean, do you feel like the message of this conference would resonate in Detroit? I do. Um, I think even just like in the most general sense that, you know, there, there's an oligarchy that doesn't care about you, that's making you poor, has complete disregard for what your needs are and the needs of your community. I think it's, it's like intuitively known. It's not something theoretical. It's not something that people need to read in a book uh, by some obscure author. It's something that people know in their bones. And the political moment that we're in right now is like, like a mass uh, awareness of this fact. And people are looking for all kinds of different answers for what it may be. People are finally waking up. I mean, I remember being a socialist like 10 years ago often entailed going to people and saying, like, did you know that uh, in America, the, the illiteracy is, you know, like, we're not number one in every conceivable metric. Did you know that actually there's poverty? Did you know that we're not a shining city on a hill, as Reagan said? And now if you say that to people, it's like, of course, it, we, it, it's like everyone knows that there our, our society as a whole is in a tremendous crisis. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, especially in a place like Detroit, that's so uh, ran down by the system, a place that's been like just ground down and like, like few other places have that are literally conditions that you might expect to find in a so-called third world country. Um, yeah, and I think in uh, not only Detroit, but really across the world in general, really, I mean, this sort of awareness is everywhere. And um, the message of CPI, I think, on the whole, would resonate with a lot of people. And do you want to share any of your own political history and development? Because you and I, I mean, we've known each other for quite some time. Ten years. Ten years, I think. Yes. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've run in similar circles, had similar frustrations. Here we are in Austin together. Do you want to share your development a little bit? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, when I was 17, I joined the Communist Party because, uh, you know, everyone knows, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? So I thought I'd Google them, join it. Um, I found in my own experience that it was sort of a, a monthly Democratic Party club where we <laughs> sat around and ate banana bread and talked about why uh, Obama's intervention in Libya was too little too late. And, you know, I wasn't impressed with that. Then came along Occupy Wall Street and Occupy Detroit, which I was a participant in. And that's where I joined Workers World. I found them there. They were very active there. And they were the uh, the most, uh, they were, I mean, to their credit, absolutely. They, they were probably the, the shining example of like how people should be maneuvering in that, at least by comparison, they were the ones who were the most competent. Mm -hmm. So I joined them, uh, I was with them for about seven years. Um, I left Workers World in I think 2018 or I think 2019, 2018. Mm -hmm. And I've basically been politically homeless since then. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I've known you for a long time and you've sort of been uh, at least something to, you know, like in, in my mind, um, 
Yeah, you you witnessed some of the uh, the the bitter bitter destruction of the workers' world. Party. Did, they I were kind of crashing and burning. I saw it on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you had an inside view of uh, <laughs> the deterioration of an organization. It was amazing. It was yeah. an amazing thing to watch. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I've been politically homeless, and I am looking constantly for people who have an orientation towards the masses, as opposed to you know this adherence to uh, certain orthodoxies that have no practical uh, relevance to actually improving the lives of anybody. Um, and I know people like to talk a lot about virtue signaling and whatever, but you know, that's like what a lot of groups do. They, they virtue how uh, morally superior they are to everyone else and uh, has nothing to do with achieving anything whatsoever. And I'm so uh, overjoyed to meet people who have more of a, a practical orientation towards making the world a better place. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about where you were, you know, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, where I was, you know, so many people around the country that are waking up that realize there's something wrong with the system, you know, that, that are looking for someplace to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we joined the groups we joined, hoping they would be something like what CPI is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so. and they weren't, you know, right. but we're building something that is. Right. And there are people waking up in all manner of ways. That's the thing. I mean, if I, at, at my job, I work uh, at an auto plant. If I talk to people and, you know, talk, I mean, people are so suspicious about the powers that be. And, and now that's like part of this backlash about conspiracy theories and whatever. It's sort of trying to put the brakes on people waking up as they are. And yeah, people wake up in all manner of ways. They're, the fact that there's a, uh, I don't know how big they are, but you know, there's a, there's a swath of people who believe that the earth is flat. You know, there are people who have learned that everything that they know, everything that they've grown up to believe, especially people who uh, grew up during the Cold War, is a lie. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, people are open to uh, alternative viewpoints, whether, whether it be flat earth or whether it be this system of international capitalism grinding people into poverty, people are waking up and that's what gives me hope. Very good. Well, Tom, thank you so much. Um, I really am glad you were able to make it to the conference and I'm glad you're here to Thanks. tell people about it. Uh, it was really, really great. And uh, you'll be around. I will. All right. All right. Talk to you See soon. Ya. All right. Great. Yeah. Wow. We're just getting more reactions to that conference. Yeah, you know, so now, Oh, what were you going to say, Ben? Well, I think what, uh, what Tom was saying was spot on. A lot of people in America do feel politically homeless, and they look at other left-wing groups, and they say, this is not a message that resonates with me. These groups who are placing identity politics before the economy, before the well-being of the masses, and they see that, and they feel ostracized from it, and I think that's something that CPI offers that a lot of, a lot of people miss out on. Sure. Well, one person I know who made a statement about being politically homeless himself was somebody who made a video for the conference, the Max Blumenthal. Absolutely. I mean, he feels very politically homeless right now as he's criticized the lockdowns and, and he's, you know, he's back to truckers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, uh, you know, that increasingly it seems like the progressive left just has just embedded themselves in the establishment's kind of effort to give a woke makeover to imperialism Absolutely. that they've kind of left working people behind. Um, and in a lot of ways. And so as a result of that, you know, there's a lot of confusion and that, look, I mean, I, I'm really, you know, I'm glad we picked a red state to do this conference. Yeah, it, you know, we were worried about disruptions and all of that, but it was, I think we were, we were safer doing it in a red state. Oh, and, and that, you know, the democratic party and the woke kind of, you know, image, that's the main line of imperialism at the moment. That's not to say it always will be mm -hmm. right. I mean, they, they, you know, they could change. I remember during the Iraq war, it was Republicans that were the main current of imperialism, the neocons and, and all of that. Um, but uh, at the same time, I mean, that's, that seems to be the way the empire is going. And if you're against the empire, you can't be with that.
that stuff. I mean, you know, obviously we're against racism. Obviously we're against police brutality. I was protesting police brutality before any of these people had ever thought about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, in Cleveland, you know, they did a story on me in Cleveland Scene Magazine about how I, I videotaped the police violently arresting two teenage girls at a, at a high school walkout. Yeah. And my video got one of them acquitted in juvenile court. Wow. Uh, they profiled me in 2010 in, in Cleveland Scene Magazine called The Communist Next Door. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we're against police brutality. We're against racism. The whole point of our conference was hailing the American people and their struggle against uh, against racism and their struggle for liberation, hailing mm-hmm. the second American revolution that Lincoln is kind of a symbol of. And uh, and um, and, you know, I will say it was it was quite a diverse conference. You know, um, you know, there, you know, the um, we had all sorts of people. Yes. We had, I mean, we had Muslims, we had Jews, Christians, yes, yes. cis people, transgendered people. We had Latinos, mm-hmm. all people from all over the place. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was a very, very diverse conference. And uh, this message is ready to hit home in a lot of a lot of places, I, I think. think so. I think, um, so. I think so. And uh, we're ready to, to take the show on the road, as they say. Um, oh, OK. So I think our, our next person we're going to hear from, uh, who everyone is reacting to his tremendous speech at the conference, is the great Keaton Mansfield. So Keaton Mansfield, uh, who's also streaming this on Main Trend News. Keaton, Keaton, yes. have a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Keaton, Thank you, Keaton. All right. Keaton, what stands out for you oh, in the conference? Do you feel like this is like after the football game? <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I feel yeah, like that's what this is the yeah, post game. It's yeah. like, oh, you got your hustle going out there, Keaton. The conference All right. post game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Mr. Brady, what do you think? How do you feel about that play you made in the third quarter? Yeah. Um, no, it was great. I was an I honor. like the hustle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was an honor to be able to be on. Um, and I look forward to many many more conferences to come. You know, Caleb, funnily enough, this conference originally, when I was still living in New York and we were getting ready to go down to Austin, to Texas, uh, this was just going to be a small conference and Caleb was going to be the the main speaker. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I reached out to Jackson and then it turned into Haas and then Peter Coffin and Miss ACD and just almost overnight turned into this massive anti-imperialist summit. Oh yeah, and it was massive. Was there, I mean, there were barely any empty seats in there. I mean, Hardly. It was I mean, packed. It's the, a lot of the videos online. You can't see just how full that room was. You'll be able to see it in the in the footage once it's all edited together. But I mean, it was the entire conference hall, both sides. There was just a, you know a little walkway, and that's about the only stand, you know, standing space there was. Yeah, and your your speech got quite a reaction. Do you want to kind of summarize what you said to the audience? Yeah. Uh, the most important part of that was we tried to work with the hippies back in the 60s. We tried to work with the liberal or with the movement during the Iraq Bush administration and the invasion of Iraq. We tried to work with the liberals in, you know, 2016 to defeat uh, Trumpian fascism, if that actually existed, right? Which of course it doesn't. And so I can I, I ended. It, I said, so it looks like the only option we have now is to work with people. Yeah. And Speaking of which, Kinky uh, wants you to run for president in 2036. Well, I'll tell you something. I am not able to run for president in 2036. I'm able to run for president in 2040. When I was eight years old, we went to the Magic House, which was you know a child's museum basically, and they have a recreation of the Oval Office in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. And you can punch in your birthday and we'll tell you what year you can run for president. Oh. So I, it's always, I've always remembered I can run in 2040 is okay. when I'll be uh, of age to be able to run. I, so, so add four years to that, Kinky, and you're good. <laughs> uh, Keaton Mansfield, 2040, right? Yeah. Well, Caleb, you're, if you're 2036, 
I can follow you up and then you can be 20, 44. Sure. Exactly. There you go. You know, Caleb believes in term limits. Keaton believes in term yeah, limits. Yeah. CPI is all about term limits, all of us. Uh, but uh, but there you go. Um, but also, you know, one thing that struck with me, I mean, when you gave those remarks, which were quite spontaneous, right? I mean, you, you know, um, when you gave those remarks, um, I was thinking of something that I always heard, you know, Francis uh, Dostal was the communist, uh, an old communist who could remember the 1930s, who had I'd been with in the Workers' World Party. And one of the things she always used to say, which was like a saying of communists way back in the day, mm-hmm. so they always used to say, it's the only working class we got. I like that. Yeah. I and like that, 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 you know, when people complain, oh, the workers are conservative or the workers, they don't get it or whatever, they would say, it's the only working class we got. It's the only working class we got. Well, I and mean, that's, you know, who else are we supposed to be organizing? The people. Yeah the broad masses of people Absolutely. and this illusion that we're going to organize this woke enclave or we're going to maneuver in the Democrats or whatever. That's, that's an illusion. It's the working class and it's the only working class we got. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we don't like them. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If it's difficult. It's the people that are going to make the revolution. Well, you see a lot of times on Twitter, we even suggest the idea that maybe the working class isn't woke and doesn't wear five pounds of colorful makeup over their eyes. They say, Oh, you think the working class is just white male cis, whatever conservatives. Um, well, I mean, over 50% is because Trump won the election in 2016. That's just reality. You don't have to like it. You have to recognize that you have to go to the mass of people, not the fringe, uh, the fringe people who have turned politics into a personal culture and personal identity. Now, Omit Five is saying build the world land bridge and exonerate LaRouche. And that was, that was a big thing, right? I mean, the Schiller Institute folks, they are our allies, just like we heard from the Workers' Party in Britain and the and Chris Halali, yes. a party of communists. We heard from the folks at Schiller Institute. They gave a great presentation about the world land bridge and rescuing the world economy. And and I got up afterwards and said, yes, Lyndon LaRouche uh, was falsely, uh, falsely convicted yes. and he was not guilty. And they went after him. And the same people that went after him are the people that are going after the Center for Political Innovation. And, uh, you know, just like we want to free Leonard Peltier, we want to free Mumia Abu-Jamal, we want an exoneration for Lyndon LaRouche uh, Mm -hmm. because he was wrongly convicted. And so that was part of the conference as well. And, you know, we don't back away from that. We're, you know, we work with people of different perspectives, you know? Yeah. Well, and especially when it comes to the Children's Institute, whether you agree with them or not, they are really bright people. And they, when they do a presentation, they bring so much information it, mm-hmm. it you it's a lot to digest but no matter what you're going to learn something when they when they give a press some sort of presentation that's just a fact yeah, absolutely oh, oh totally and do you want to make a comment banner oh no i just you know that's the thing that separates us from a, again that separates us from a lot of other leftist groups is that this is not a political party this is a think tank mm-hmm. that is willing to work with people of different perspectives and i think that is one of one of the strengths that cpi brings to the table yeah well, that's one of the upside of not working for RT anymore. Now you can run for office. Well, yes and no. I mean, we, we are a think tank. We're nonpartisan. We're not aligned with any party. And I don't have any plans to run for office anytime soon. I mean, it's always something I keep in the back of my mind. But I know uh, David, uh, who spoke at the conference, he yes. announced he's planning to run for city council. Uh, I mean, could you, could you imagine if David won and being, being a socialist, being an anti-imperialist, and being there on city council to be able to push both Democrats and Republicans on city council to actually fight for the people. It's when you get uh, folks in, in local elections to prove not an, you know not arguing with people about ideology, but prove that socialists are going to pave your roads, the socialists are going to increase your wages. That's that's 
really effective. Right. And Chris Salali, uh, he announced he was planning to run again. Yes. He's going to run for well, uh, had, Congress in Vermont. He yeah. had quite a bit of success when he ran uh, in 2020. Uh, he's ran in the state of Vermont, which only has one representative. But I think for a third party candidate, he won something like 3,200 votes in the state of Vermont. There mm -hmm. aren't 3,000 communists in Vermont. That meant he won over a lot of just normal two party people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, Keaton, do you want to talk about any other moments that really just stood out in your mind as, as great moments in the conference? Anything that people should look for when the videos yes. come out? Um, and this extends just beyond what was said in the conference, and that's the toleration for ideological diversity. That was a really, that's a, that's a key part of the Center for Political Innovation. Our four tenants really are about anti-imperialism and being pro-socialist, being sympathetic to the socialist ideology and the socialist historical and current movement. But that means that you're going to draw people who are perhaps socially liberal, socially conservative, that come from different backgrounds. I and mean, Caleb has a very long history of working with predominantly Shia Muslims, and they—they're not; those aren't going to be socially liberal people. Sure. And I have grown up around conservative Christians uh, my entire life. Really, sure. that's one of the books we we didn't talk about. <laughs> is the one we put out together. Uh, Jesus is a socialist, right? That's the you know we put that out together. We edited it. Most of it's quotes from the Bible or Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and all that. But yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that some? Yeah. And I, I say that to say that. The communist movement isn't, and I think Haas has touched on this in the past, the communist movement isn't, in the way we think of it, it isn't liberal or conservative, it's just socialist. Mm -hmm. And that means that it, it can't be contained within, well, are you socially left or are you socially right? No, you are socially socialist, mm -hmm. I think is the best way to put that, because East Germany and the Soviet Union and modern China, they all have very different social policies. We have to understand that you can't just write swaths of people off for these these views. I know Karl Marx in the International Workmen's Association um, would expel, have people expelled for trying to distract from the class struggle. Hmm. If they wanted to highlight issue, other issues more than the class struggle, when they can go join the groups that want to push that, but they weren't going to be part of Marx working in association. Sure. And, um, and, and I think the idea, the idea is that, you know, social liberalism in and of itself doesn't change class relations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, breaking down, breaking down the family, uh, breaking down the ties that bind people to each other and build community can enable big capital to just, you yeah. know, you know, dominate and exploit people, reducing us all to atomized individuals. Uh, that's what Marx talks about in the Communist Manifesto. No remaining nexus between man and man, but callous cash payment. Right. And when you're atomized, when you're reducing people just down to atomized individuals, then you can roll right over them. It's, it's together that we're strong. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's when we're atomized individuals all alone with our individual identity and our individual Facebook and Twitter, they can just roll right over us. Well, you, I mean, strong families. And in many cases, it means families that go to church and understand that there's more than just what they can see with themselves don't make good consumers mm -hmm. because they aren't concerned about having the latest technology and that they're going to find happiness through owning this or owning that and, and selling themselves off to these big businesses. In a lot of ways, they understand, though, that you find that happiness and enjoyment through the community you live in and building a, a strong, respectable life. And that's what we're doing with the Center for Political Innovation. We are building a community. And that's what made this so special. That's why we were never even going to consider doing this online. Right? We've had online conferences before, but this was we were doing this in real life, IRL, because it's about building a community. 
And, you know, there were people who got up and they said, you know, they want to become John Brown volunteers. Yes. There, was, there was somebody in the audience who got up and said, yeah. I want to do this full time. I want to be a John Brown volunteer. Um, and so many people just walked away with this buzz. I mean, you know, it was very hard for me to get to sleep last night. I'll tell you that much. You know, I yeah. finally I was relieved the conference was over and I got in my bed and I just started playing it all in my mind. You know, it was just like, wow, what did what just happened? You know, I mean, it was it was really, really fantastic. Well, listen, Keaton, is there anything else you want to want to say before you before you go? Um, I guess maybe Caleb Bump in 2036. Okay. Can I say that? <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. 2036 is a long time away. It gives us plenty of time to build. All right, Keaton, all right, Caleb. it was a pleasure Thanks. working with you. And thank you for all the Thanks, hard work man. you did here in Austin to build this. Office. You bet. We're coming to Chicago. Coming to Chicago. Chicago is next. That was great. I love Keaton. You know, I mean, one of the things he was talking about with Jesus as a socialist is, and how this is such an open organization, uh, you know, accepting of different political views is that, you know, two main leaders of the CBI, very, uh, very close to the word of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as a Jew, I still feel very welcome. I can mm -hmm. recognize that Jesus, maybe we disagree on his orientation in terms of mortality. Yeah. But I know that Jesus was a real person who lived and he was a liberation figure. He was yeah. a revolutionary. And yeah. yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. And then we also had Muhammad get up and Absolutely. he invoked the martyrdom of Imam Hussein. Yes, and did. and talked about the Shia revolutionary tradition, yeah. standing with the oppressed. Um, you know, and there are a lot of people there that were more atheistic in their orientation. They're welcome to. It's not a religious organization, but we're not hostile to religion either. And that's the point. That's yeah. that's one thing about the CPI is that we're trying to build a coalition. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's beautiful to see people of different Abrahamic faiths and and uh, even not people who don't have faith, sure. yeah. you know, I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, Daniel Sajeda, he did a great job. He opened with classical music. Oh, that, uh, was we, that was great. We had a, a piano performance. And anything else that struck you, Ben? Well, you know, as somebody who lives in Nicaragua, I've lived in Nicaragua for about six months. I felt that, you know, Billy and David, who both came onto the podium and onto the stage to speak about Nicaragua, did a fantastic job. They relayed the truth of the Nicaraguan system of uh, Sandinista socialism in a, in a very um, concrete and succinct way. And it, uh, I feel like you gave the audience a very honest depiction of what a real revolutionary system looks like post-revolution, what it looks like to actually succeed. And I would just love if more socialists in America could be able to go to Nicaragua and see what it's like to have that sort of mass organization, mass support, because then it's not just a dream. It's something that you see with your own eyes and that you can feel with your hands. And, and when you speak with the people, you see how devoted they are to maintaining that, that, uh, that movement. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And I mean, I think I, did I first meet you in Nicaragua? Yeah, we first met in okay. Nicaragua. We yes. communicated online before that. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, the first time we ever met in person was in Nicaragua. Yeah, we were observing the election, uh, which ended up with uh, the re-election of Comandante Daniel Ortega. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, was, it was a wonderful time. We And again, we had people from all sorts of different, uh, you know, political tendencies within our very large, uh, you know, observation group. And uh, again, you know, it's all about being able to work with people you might not necessarily agree with and to find that common ground. Very good. All right. Well, I think we're going to start to wrap things up. But one thing that was kind of neat, I thought, and you know, as we're heading to wrap up is, mm. you know, at the end of the conference, I ended it the same way I end my streams. Yes. But the audience were all people that were really familiar with the program mm. and they started saying it with me. And that was really, do you remember that? Yeah. That was yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. The, 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 the kind of the mantra we end our streams with, they said it with me. 
So I thought that was very, very cool. Um, and um, actually, you know, we might have, uh, there's a recently a, a good friend of ours named Robert made a video for us of that, that mantra. So maybe rather than saying it, maybe I can pull up that video if I, I yeah, we've got it here. That's perfect. So we're just going to pull up the, the video That's now of, of the closing mantra and, uh, and then we'll end the stream. All right, Excellent. shall we? Uh, it's not of us saying it at the conference, mind you. It's just a nice video Robert made for us. So why don't we just open that up? New upsurge in the struggle against U.S. imperialism is now emerging throughout the world. Ever since World War II, U.S. imperialism and its followers have been continuously launching wars of aggression. But the people of various countries have been continuously waging revolutionary wars to defeat their aggression. And while the danger of a new world war still exists, and the people of all countries must get prepared, revolution is the main trend in the world today. The danger of a new world war still exists and the people of all countries must get prepared. Revolution is the main trend in the world today. I love you all and we'll be back soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.